0: Thank you, Ben, for reading our Christmas passage. It was Christmas Eve night, and the little boy was getting ready for the Christmas pageant. As he got into his costume, his disappointment resurfaced. He wanted to play the part of Joseph, the one that would be by Mary's side, to welcome the Christ child, but he didn't get it. Instead, he got the innkeeper that said there was no room in the inn. And as he was getting ready, he decided, if I'm not going to be Joseph, then I'm going to change the story. (laughs) The pageant started, and before long, Mary and Joseph came across the stage, and they knocked. Do you have any rooms available, they asked. The audience... Especially his parents, who helped rehearse the lines, expected him to say, No, we don't have any rooms available. But he went rogue. Do you have any rooms available? And he says, Sure. We have plenty of rooms available. You can have mine. (laughs) And of course, everyone laughed. Because it's hilarious, and it's a Christmas pageant. You never know what's going to happen. Some kids just wander around, right? Some people say funny things. But the boys' adaptation changed the whole story and caught everyone off guard, which must have been nice for a change. Sometimes the story feels a bit repetitive year after year, partly because... It's written in scripture. It it doesn't always change that much. In fact, recently I stumbled across a bulletin from the early 1920s when we were located off a chestnut. And scripture passage for Christmas Eve was Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And I bet if I went back to the year 1816, the first year of this faith community, the scripture passage was probably Luke chapter 2. Verses 1 through 20. There would have been more these and uh, ye's and thou's, but it would have been the same story. The story may not have changed, but we have. The time we're living in has changed. Where each of us are in our life has changed. The world has changed and is changing. And because of that, there is new meaning to be had in the story. As Ben said, this season we've been wrestling with the question, how does a weary world rejoice? And we have not shied away from asking some difficult questions. We have wrestled with the reality that we all hold on to something in our lives. We all have something going on down where the spirit meets the bone. And as nice as we try to make it, as pleasant as our nativity sets seem, that perfect holy family, smiling back, that story is thick with weariness. I've said it before, there is Mary, a pregnant teenager, carrying a child, weary of bodily changes, weary of the rumors, the gossip about her situation. There is Joseph who sticks by Mary's side, but most certainly was ridiculed or derided for not doing what a man should do, which would probably be to leave the woman that is carrying a child that is not his own. And both Joseph and Mary were certainly weary mentally, but even physically, traveling 70 to 80 miles to Nazareth from Bethel, or from uh, Nazareth to Bethlehem, that was exhausting not to have a room all ready for you either. And then there are the shepherds that are watching their flock by night, by night. That means that they were sleeping with the herd. They were on the outskirts of town. Shepherds were with the sheep all the time. And as you can imagine, spending time with sheep, sleeping in the fields, was not a glamorous profession. Many people in town thought that such a job was below them, reserved for those at the bottom. As an unappreciated job in society, we can imagine it was difficult for them to find purpose and meaning in what they did. And their job really was important. These are the people that gathered around the manger that first Christmas. And you can sense the weariness that they carried just from living life. And it's the weariness that we carry just from living life. Relationships take work we struggle to find that meaning and purpose. And I, for one, have a little relief believing that the Holy Family was no different than us. Even around the time of Jesus' birth, it was a weary time, economically and politically. The Roman Empire demanded more taxes and goods from the people, more than they could give The money they took came at the detriment of many communities in need. And as a result, poverty and homelessness were on the rise. People were suffering because money was tight and there were less opportunities. And then there is King Herod. King Herod, whose lust to maintain power at all costs, was threatened by the news of a baby being born so consumed by keeping his status as king, enacts policies that threaten the safety and the prospering of children. It was King Herod's policies that forced the holy family shortly after to seek refugee status in Egypt because there was no room in Judea. Can we imagine living in a country that is so unwelcoming where it is okay to separate children from their parents? Can we imagine governments that ignore the will of parents and doctors who are trying to help children feel safe in their own bodies? There is no room in the inn. There is no room for Mary and Joseph's situation. There is no room for the shepherds in the community. What the Christmas story wants us to ask is who? Who are the ones today in which there is no room? Who are the ones today that have been excluded? And while there are many that we can name, looking out at the world, there seems to be little room for refugees seeking asylum. No room for transgender youth. No room for women and children caught in the middle of horrible war. No room for the homeless. So if we take a closer look at our nativity sets, we may see it. The characters are not without challenges or struggle, and the world beyond the stable walls is far from being perfect. And yet, out of all the places God could have chosen, God chooses Christ to be born there. In such a world, at such a time, what does that say about God? That God makes room and calls for those for whom no other room existed except with God. What does it say that God chooses to be revealed with and as one of the marginalized? The Christmas story makes it real that there is a crack in everything. Yet through that crack, that's how the light gets in. That's how Christ gets in. God shows up in a broken world among broken people, and through Jesus, God's hope, peace, joy, and love for everyone. That little boy went rogue in a Christmas pageant. And his parents asked him on the way home from church, as I imagine I'll probably ask my children at some point, Why did you change the story? And he told them, quite matter of fact, that's what Jesus would have done if he was the innkeeper. It was that simple. And the boy was right. Jesus would have welcomed the young couple and every last stinky shepherd in and made a space for them. He would have made space to listen, to heal, to feed, and to clothe. And so I leave you with this very simple Christmas message that sums up this familiar story and embodies really the life and ministry of the baby we rejoice tonight. That message is make room. Make room for those who are often excluded. Make room for those that are persecuted because there is room for them in God's arms. Just like there is room for you, and for me. And when we make room, even a weary world can rejoice. Amen? Amen.